Hey y'all, I'm Byron. And I'm Margaret, and we'd like to welcome you back to the Beyond I Do podcast. In this episode, we will discuss finances and effects of money on marriage. Our primary resource for this episode is an article from Investopia.com called The Top 6 Marriage Killing Money Issues by James McWinney. Before we get started, we do want to make this disclaimer. We are not marriage counselors, nor are we mental health professionals. We are simply sharing with you what has worked in our marriage. So let's get on to the show. In the article, McWinney lists six money issues that can damage marriage. So we wanted to discuss those six issues as well as how we've handled them within our marriage. We definitely recommend you take a look at the article and the tips the author includes on how to prevent these issues from damaging your relationship. And we'll have a link for the article posted on our social media pages as well as the episode page on our website. All right, let's get to it. Number one. What's mine, yours, ours. Bill splitting. According to the article, this seems reasonable because bills are covered, but can lead to resentment or lead to what the author refers to as financial infidelity, where one spouse hides money from one another. And how we deal with that is uh, everything is ours and has been since day one. We have one main checking account where we pay bills and get our direct deposits. Bills are paid out of that account. We have a few savings accounts, but both of us have access to them all. So number two is debt, specifically individual debt incurred before marriage, which stays with the person after the marriage. Most debt incurred after marriage, except for childcare, housing, and food, is still owed just by that individual, except in Arizona, California, Nevada, Idaho, Washington, New Mexico, Texas, Louisiana, and Wisconsin. According to the article, these states are community property states where debt incurred after the wedding is automatically shared. Mm -hmm. For us, we were very open and honest in the beginning about debt and about our credit when we came into uh, our, our marriage. Yeah. We were young, so there wasn't a lot of credit. There was a lot of debt. <laughs> yeah. Unnecessary, ridiculous debt. But um, we worked together to get those things clear for each other, basically. we I mean, everything went into one pot, yeah. and we use that to clear up those debts. Um, for me, that was an uncomfortable thing because of the shame and guilt with the spending. And that was from just the way that I was raised and, and some generational curses that needed yeah. to be broken. So I didn't have to worry about learning to budget or anything because uh, if I didn't have enough money at the end of the month. I yeah, had yeah. mama and grandmama and daddy. Yeah, yeah. So that that became an issue because I didn't learn how to manage those things. And, and I think the thing, too, I know for me, um, you know, my parents taught me to work. 
and send you money. But they didn't, I mean, I had a bank account, but, you know, nobody taught me, okay, you put this percentage here, uh, save this amount. It just said work and save you money. So, I mean, if I was in control of it, it was just like, well, I mean, I'll get paid next week, so I'll spend it. <laughs> yep. And plus, you know, too, I, my, you know, when my guy really, you know, I could go to my dad and be like, hey, I need five dollars for some gas in the car or something, you know. Five dollars went a long ways back in the nineties, boy. Great <laughs> day. She had them five dollars uh, gas prices now. Anyway, yeah. So. All right, number three, money personality. Know and be honest about spending habits. Recognize weaknesses and address them. We took the five money personality quizzes on fivemoneypersonalities.com and our results were Margaret, spender slash risk taker. <laughs> Me, Byron, saver slash risk taker. That don't even sound right. Saver slash risk taker. Hmm. We both know weaknesses with money and we share things we learn regarding finances. We both have been upset with, uh, with each other's spending habits from time to time, but have learned to discuss and not hold on to resentment. Hmm. <laughs> that sounds about right. I, I mean, it. Yeah, I, I'm, I am. I, I'm more of a spender in terms of. Well, I, I, I tend to like stuff more than you do. I like stuff. <laughs> it's just specific. Well. It's specific stuff like, you know, my stuff might be, you know, parts for the car or, you know, I'm not, I'm not really, you know, dressy. You know, you buy all my clothes, so every now and then I might buy me <laughs> some shoes, but, you know, when oh. it comes to wardrobes <laughs> and things like that, that's not me. I'm not that concerned. I'll wear the same shirt to whole wears in it, but uh, my... my Probably car parts, uh, tools, things yeah. like that. That's where probably where the bulk of my personal spending might go into because I'm a tool fanatic. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Number four, power plays. This happens when one of these four situations occur. Either one partner has a paid job and the other doesn't. Both partners would like to be working, but one is unemployed. One spouse earns considerably more than the other, or one partner comes from a family that has money and the other doesn't. For us, uh, we have both uh, been wanting to work, but one was unemployed. We have both um, been working, and I have made consider and still make considerably less. <laughs> <laughs> And we've also had situations where I was a stay-at-home mom and you were the sole provider. Yeah. And um, I've, I struggled some with that, um, feeling like I wasn't contributing, so I had to be mindful of spending. But that came from me and from society and, and yeah. from family, not everybody, necessarily from everybody you. Everybody had their comments. Right. Would, you know. Right. So... Um, 
those were things that we learned to to talk through and yeah. and were able to move forward. And like I said, I still, even now, make considerably less. Well, I, I remember thinking, you know, like, you know, back to when we discussed, uh, you know, you finishing your education and I'll just work, you know, and, you know, that was a decision we made and, you know, we had resentment from family members and friends. Uh, you know, we've always heard, well, you know, it takes two these days. And I, I just, you know, thinking back on that, I just, I'm kind of, you know, uh, I'm glad we did make that decision because, you know, I mean, who knows what kind of a job situation would have been like. Now that you have a career or something that, you know, you've been doing for a long period of time and, you know, it has contributed <laughs> to our growth substantially. Because, because before that, well, I mean, I know, was like, well, I was like Rochelle it. on Everybody Hates Chris. <laughs> yep. I, I don't need this job. job. <laughs> <laughs> but but I think it, that was probably one of the wisest things is, you know, somebody, because I, I think we looked at it too because I know at one point in time we are talking about not staying in the area. Mm-hmm. You know, when we talked about moving and we were like, well, somebody needs to have a career. So, you know, in case we do move, then, you know, you can go into a field and, you know, gain work, you know, faster. So I think that was the, the mind thought. But I'm so glad we did that, you know. And one thing that we focused on overall was that we're building together. Yeah. So we never looked at individual income as just belonging to the individual. It's we're building yeah. together. Yeah, I'll be honest with you, I don't know how much I make. I just on time I pay attention to that mess is tax season. That's it. I don't <laughs> I don't be studying that mess because, you know, it's all one pot at the end of the day. So as long as the whole family is secure, that's my main concern. And that brings us to number five. five. All right. (laughs) Children. Good Lord. Oh, oh Lord. (laughs) (laughs) The cost of raising a child to the age of 18 in the United States, according to a U.S. Department of Agricultural report released in 2017 is $233,610. The amount given is up to 18 years old, but that doesn't mean it stops then. It does not. Oh, my God. Oh, it doesn't. And man, when they're 25 and 21, it ain't stopped. Oh. I think we passed that amount. <laughs> we try to balance our needs with helping the kids, but it's a struggle to maintain sometimes. And boy, let me tell you something. <laughs> these kids in these cars have probably been the most challenging, challenging. Because, you know, I and, and you know, I had a, a, a person at work tell me a long time ago and said, okay, when kids start driving, boy, they're going to tear something up. And I ain't believe him. I was like, no, not my children. They, they, they but uh, they both have tore some cars up. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, oh, my goodness. And repairs, oh, my goodness. Oh. 
everything, everything. still. Uh, they need, they want, they still acting like they 12, 13 years old. <laughs> when it's convenient. Yeah, when it's convenient, but quick to tell y'all grown they are. But that's another story yeah, that's for another, another day. <laughs> All right, we ain't gonna talk about children no more because that's, that's bothering me. So, uh, on to number six. <laughs> And finally, number six, extended family. Co-managing finances and respecting goals, needs, and expectations of each spouse is hard sometimes, especially when there are family members or friends who need help. Um, Throughout our marriage, we have helped others Um, we have helped some more than others and unfortunately needed to be helped uh, (laughs) beyond needing help but unfortunately we learned the hard way that we have to focus on our family first yes and so um, after some of those hard lessons that is what we started to do and we have to take care of us before others Um, Another thing is just being open and honest with each other in regards to helping others because that not only becomes a money issue, but then that that also dips into communication and honesty. uh, Ladies and gentlemen, um, I encourage you to know you got mom and daddy or sister and brother might need some help periodically uh, you know they call you and be like hey man I need to borrow have much amount uh, talk it over with your spouse that will save you some trouble because the last thing you want them to see is uh, money going out of the account and they're like well or, or getting a surprise you know but you you meant such such $50 and you didn't say nothing to me that can bring some resentment uh, just be mindful of that. And, and it, you know, y'all can agree. Now, you know, I'm just a little sidebar. You know, we get asked things sometimes. Somebody come to me with the full amount. I talk to her, I'd be like, well, we'll come up with an amount that we can give because, I mean, you know, sometimes it's just be like, man, it'd be the same people sometimes come to you for the same things. Like, man, this. Oh, I'm at a point in my life where yeah, yeah. it's no, I don't so, have anything. And, and definitely at this point, I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I ain't got it, bro. I'm, 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 it's, it's, man, what you talking about? But you know, I've learned the hard way. Yeah, we, so. we learn the hard way. I mean, you know, and it's it just it just really takes time, especially you know, it can be touchy when it comes to family, like I say, because you want to help and you want to do things for them, but you know. Uh, you have to look at your finances and your situation first. Do that. And if there's something left over, if you feel it in your heart, help them out. But uh, don't feel bad if you have to tell them no. Mm-mm. And don't feel bad if you can't help them. That's not yeah. your responsibility. I mean, obligated to our unit you know, first. Help is supposed to be temporary. It shouldn't be, I'm helping you all the time. <laughs> but some people, some people, you know, they need help all the time, 
all the time. Like, I just helped you last week. I just helped you two weeks. Then, then what kills me is the ones that, you know, need some money. They ain't paid you a dime to call you again and need some more money. Like, yeah, dog. Anyway, I can talk about that forever, so. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, now it's for our let's discuss it topic. Our topic is is maintaining a secret bank account justifiable? Okay, so there was a post on social media, and the post was uh, it was posted by the the woman, the wife. Mm-hmm. She said that her husband works. She's a stay-at-home mom. She says that he is the most unselfish person that she knows. She handles the finances, but he is the sole provider. Mm-hmm. And he has never acted like it is just his money. He says it's our money. So at some point, she got a job online. Mm-hmm behind his back and opened up a bank account that he did not know about and so she's been working online and putting money into this bank account and he found out about it and Mm. understandably he was upset Yep. and he said that her having this side job in the bank account was the equivalent of him having a side chick Mm. I left out an important part. I'm sorry. She says the purpose of the money and keeping the money in the bank account is just in case they get a divorce. Yeah. yeah, And so then he says that um, basically that her having the bank account is the equivalent of him having a side Mm -hmm. chick. So she says, my mom raised me to have a secret stash that my husband doesn't know about. Is this wrong or is my husband right? Mm. <laughs> Man. It, it, it gives me the thought of, okay, this young man um, worked and said, I'm going to take care of the family. All, everything is ours. Now, you know, she started the bank account, started the job, didn't tell him. Then started the bank account, didn't tell him. And he found out about it. So now they're in a, 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 a state of distrust. Yep. So, you know, is was that money worth it? You know, that's, that's what, you know, she needs to look at. And from his perspective, he's probably thinking, I would be thinking like, you know, well, there's some things I wanted to do, but, you know, I couldn't do it because, you know, I was focused on the family. Right. So, you know, I'm sure, you know, he and he has the right to feel whatever way he feels, but, um, yeah, that, that wasn't a, a smart thing. I mean, I'm sure it had she come to him and been like, you know, I got this job, um, I want to start putting some money to the side, you know, and they could have came together with a reason. Right. You know. Right. I I know at one point, um, and this was this was right after I graduated college. Mm-hmm. So we had been married about three years, going on three years, and um, 
my mom said to me when she found out that I was going to no. It was after I graduated. I had been after working. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I had been we had both kids at that point. Mm -hmm. And she I told her that I was going to quit and stay home. And she said, Well, what if something happens between the two of you? And I said to her, Please don't plan for my divorce. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would rather prepare for my marriage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we you know, we had the makings of that scenario, but I wasn't willing to put energy into that. And I know that some people do, and some people have separate accounts, and that's fine. But I also know for me, um, trust is a big, big issue. And that's a quick, easy way to lose my trust. And it's not very easy to regain my trust. Mm -hmm. So that to me, the lack of, uh, lack of trust, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would be able, if I were him, I don't know if I'd be able to be right with her anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's, um, you know, that's kind of trying it. And, you know, depending on how long they've been together, depending on how long they've, uh, you know, depending on how long they've been together, uh, what they've shared, That's, that's, that's a tough one. That's a tough one to come back from. I, th I think yeah. they can work through it, but, you know. But, and like you said, the um, he's been sacrificing. Yeah, yeah. And maybe didn't have to quite as much. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. there's an element of selfishness in it also. Because you're preparing, you're, you're saying that this man is a good man, he's a good provider, mm -hmm. but you're preparing just in case. So, yeah. I don't yeah. know. I don't. I don't particularly care for her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know who she is, no, but no I don't, way I don't really I like her. Think that she can make it right is uh, get that man around the golf or whatever he likes, or buy a motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so we have a continuation of this discussion on our YouTube channel. Make sure to visit our channel and watch the video where we discuss this a little bit more and watch some of the other videos that we have posted. Thank y'all so much for joining us for episode four of the Beyond I Do podcast. Please join us next time for episode five, Friends with Benefits, where we'll discuss what we consider to be the benefits of marriage. In the meantime, please make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and comment to let us know if you think stashing secret money is equivalent to having a secret lover, also join us on YouTube for an extended session of our Let's Discuss It topic where we will discuss financial infidelity. Till next time, we will holla at y'all.